Hey everyone, you're listening to the Career Quest podcast created out of the Career Center. We will explore and discuss a variety of topics such as inspirational stories of Northwest students, work relevant skills for today's workforce, insights into organizations and their hiring practices, employment and labor market trends, and much, much more. We want to support students by maximizing empowerment through education and experience. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Career Quest podcast. I'm so excited to have with us Jennifer Florax. Jennifer is the author of Survival Guide for the Working World and The Hunt, two books about employment skills and about career journeys. I am so excited that you're here, Jennifer, and I'm really excited to gain some insight from you and to hear a bit about your books. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and speak with Northwest um, and and your listeners. Um, I guess I can start off with with both books. Uh, Well, a summary of of Survival Guide for the Working World. So that was um, a bit of a journey. Um, I am a working mom um, and I went to school later in life um, with the encouragement of a mentor. So I think I finished university in 2014, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am, Um, but I do have old kids. Um, My survival guide for the working world kind of was uh, a journey and cathartic for me at the time when I finished university, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, And I started some writing, um, rehashed that writing, Um, and then I ended up with survival guide. And what survival guide turned into was really what to teach um, new graduates, high school, college, um, even refreshers is what I've been told for those already in the workforce. And the book is in two pieces. The first part part is called the basics. So basics meaning get an education. That doesn't mean school. School's important. School gives you the building blocks. It gives you the basics, but education meaning life, meaning work experience. Um, employers want to see what you can do, not just what you've learned from a textbook. So very important. Then we talk about simple things, engagement, communication, dress code. The next book was called The Hunt, The Job of Finding Employment. I'm just published in June of this year. That book um, was strongly inspired by my children um, about four or five years ago when they started job hunting. Um, And so many questions that they asked on, Mama, what I put in a resume? Mom, what about this? What if they asked me this? And then we practiced interview questions. So on my drive home from work, I had an outline in about 10 minutes of of what this book would look like. Um, And it did take me a while because, again, I'm a working mom. So it takes me a little bit to to get these books out. But again, another labor of love. Um, A little longer, my kids grew and asked different questions. Um, which added more to the book. Um, And then I had some mentors look at it and and say, what about this? How about your journey? So what this book starts with is is my working journey from from the time I was 14 until present day. Really another documentation of my life, again, of what I've experienced and and just some two cents from a a couple of my really valuable mentors that have helped me out in my life. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I'm curious if 
you always knew that you were going to write books or what led you to there? If you want to just give us some background about your career journey and how you, you got to a place of writing two books. Uh, I'm never had any intention of writing any books. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I failed English 30 spectacularly. Um, so Mrs. Charney, I, I did succeed and did eventually <laughs> to write. Um, so I, I did, I don't know how it came about. Um, I had a mentor in, in one of my entry-level positions, I'm going to say over 20 years ago, who didn't give me the option. She made me write. She red-penned me to death. And red pen, and we, we have a running joke about the red pen. She made sure I learned how to write. And then we learned different methods of writing, different forms of communication, different audiences. Um, and then I had other, other staff members around me that talked to me about audiences and who am I writing for. And then my wonderful mentor, another one, sent me on writing courses. Um, and as I mentioned previously, the, it was just cathartic. It somehow needed to come out, and I don't know why. Um, and I had some fabulous advice given to me by another good associate, um, also a writer, and she told me that everything you write is just deck boards, deck boards that you rip up and reuse. Um, and I just always stuck with me. So everything I've ever written, I have it stored somewhere and I will pull it out and rip it up, rip it apart and it becomes something else. So you can turn those deck boards into a sidewalk. So it's just the, the fascination that started to come with the folks I was talking to on stringing letters together makes words, stringing words together makes a sentence. And you start to tell a story with these 26 letters that is just, I don't know, it started to become fascinating to me. Um, and then I started to document and I don't know, just, just became something. It wasn't a goal. It was just a writing thing that happened um, in that case. And did you always have an interest in career-related topic? That came about as I got older. Um, I always have fascination with people and observing. Um, and where some of it came into play is, is in one of my jobs, we hosted students on either co-op or I had MBA interns, um, you know, summer jobs, summer students, and interesting of the items that they didn't know um, and the conversations that I had, and that kind of precipitated the, how come you don't know this? Because I was never taught. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what really precipitated a lot of the first book as well, is, is these students that just have so many questions um, and just engaged in, in my career path because career paths, my career path was an accident. Um, and I'm going to suggest that most of them are. Um, when you're in school, um, say high school, junior high, at least for me, I'm, I'm older. Um, you can be a nurse or a teacher, an accountant. And that was as far as it went. I hate university and I met this person that was a purchaser and I had no idea what that was or working in insurance or healthcare aids or health records. No idea these things existed because they don't tell you that in school. So just speaking with the students that I had in the last, I haven't had any for a while, but it's been probably over, you know, 10, 12 years. 
And it was just so fascinating to me that I had this knowledge in my head that in my head was so simple, um, but it really, I guess, isn't. So I started, that was start of the documentation as well for me. Hmm. So you saw a need and Mm -hmm. realized I can fill that need Mm -hmm. and then put it into words. That's very Mm -hmm. cool. What would you say Mm -hmm. it means to be successful? And I say successful in quotations. I can tell you what the dictionary says. I can tell you what society says, but I would say follow what your heart says. And, and as a young person, I'll tell you my journey. My journey as a young person, I was a high school dropout. So my need for success was to have a full-time job. Mm. Then my need for success became to finish my grade 12. I did it. I needed it. There was a purpose for it. Then I got married. Where did my dream change for a job? Solid employment, not service industry, something where I could learn more. Okay, got a different job. My, I was successful. I've got that solid job. I'm working full time. I'm learning a lot. Um, and then things changed again. My husband and I bought a house. Uh-oh, I need a little more stability. And uh-oh, had a baby at the same time. So, you know, what do I need now? So my next piece is I need somewhere where I can grow. I need a larger company. I'm not going back to school at this time with a newborn. Um, my husband had a solid job. He needed to advance. So we, I did that. That was my success. My goal was solid employment with room to grow, places to arch. And then it changed again when I have this mentor that's like, yeah, you're too smart for this job. Go to school. And then I was allowed some opportunities to grow again. And then that's your new goal of, okay, I have this person that believes in me. Um, Let's see if I can do this with this stretch work, this work I'm not comfortable with. So my success was getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. So in that journey, and then after that, I started writing, which is a whole new ball, ball of wax that, you know, has nothing to do with that. But in my entire career journey, the words dream job didn't enter my mind um, because my success level, in my opinion, and what I do mention in, I think, both my blog and, and in both books is success is functioning in society and contributing to society if you can support yourself doing whatever it is that you like to do if you're a carpenter you love it you're successful if you are working at a large clothing company and you love it then you're successful if you can pay all your bills on that wage and you are happy where you are don't let anybody tell you any different. You are successful because you can support yourself. You don't need assistance and you're happy. Mm-hmm. It does not matter beyond that what other people's definition of success is. Mm-hmm. It, that's my opinion. I love that. So you would say that you do not have a dream job. Is that right? No, I'm still waiting to find out what I'm going to be when I grow up. So I, I'm waiting for whatever comes next. Um, 
I don't have a dream job. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to work in movies, but you know, I'm in Edmonton, so it doesn't happen too, too often, but just nothing that what I would say is a dream job, but the jobs I did end up in loved them. Yeah. When, when you have those good people around you, love it. You know, you're successful. And when you are not even happy to go to work, but you feel comfortable going to work, not stressed out. That is success yeah. is you enjoy your job. You like what you do. You enjoy your colleagues. And then you come home every day and do it all again. I mean, that's pretty much work life, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that answer for so many reasons. Your whole take on what it means to be successful. For one, I think that it um, focuses less on this idea of a final destination, which I think is kind of an illusion. You know, our lives are ongoing. Our lives don't begin once we hit a certain point or achieve a certain goal. Um, So the idea of just checking in with yourself about what your needs are and meeting those needs and having the awareness that your needs might shift and change through life, as well as your um, abilities and your preferences might shift and change through life. So finding something that works for you. I also think being able to be honest with yourself and ask, what do I require from a job? Some people might want to feel that, you know, passion, that sense of really um, having it you know, ignite a fire within them. Um, But for some people, maybe their passions are in other places of their life. So they need a job that supports their work-life balance and allows them to have enough time and space and resources in their life to enjoy these other pieces that aren't necessarily focused on career. Um, But no matter what, I completely agree with you. You have to be comfortable at the job that you go to. You have to feel um, like when you wake up in the morning, you're not dreading going Mm -hmm. to work. Cause that's, you know, that's a lot of hours of your life to spend, you know, hating something. Yeah. And I would say, um, you know, life is not a destination. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. So you're on this long journey and, you know, it's not unfathomable to change careers. One of my mentors changed careers at 40 and had another 30 year successful career. And I'm again, significant career shift um and I admire her for that like I'm I'm shocked that she can do it and she did do it and she's got so much behind her so you know I have my my folks that I look at and go wow if you can do it then I can do it too and these things just don't happen overnight they require effort you're not there's no magic button That, you know, when I hit 21, I'm going to have this, this, and this, or I hit 25, I'm going to hit this, this, and this. It's, it's such a journey. It's a decision. Everything's a decision point. Um, And I've said this time and time again to my own kids is that you don't like where you are, then make a different decision and take a different path. Every decision you've ever made has led you to the point you are today. You don't like where you are, make another decision. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a choose your own adventure. That's what life is like um, to, to decide where you're taking your own career and you are in charge of your career. No one else. Um, it's, it's your choice to decide where you want to take yourself and how much effort you are willing to put into that. Yeah. 
Yes. And truly, I just want to echo what you said. It is never too late to shift or change careers. Um, I saw it was like a Facebook post or something once, but it said something about if you're considering going back to school, but think you're too old. uh, Just remember in two years time, you're going to turn that age and you're either going to turn that age with your new education or without your new education. So it's really age shouldn't be a factor when it comes to um, going after something that is truly something Mm -hmm. that you want. Uh, And just as a little plug, I'm actually running a program right now through the career center called career connect. It's for people who are un or underemployed who want to make a career change. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) Again, it doesn't matter what age you are. I think it's one of the bravest things that you can do because it is hard when you've been building towards one field your whole life. Um, But Career Connect can really help with that transition. Uh, So if you're interested in Career Connect or in um, career coaching in general, please do contact careercenter at Mm northwest.ca. That sounds fabulous. Yeah, it's such an exciting program and I'm really happy to be a part of it. That, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I have lots of stories on that. Um, I can say that it took me 10 years to finish school. So take your time. Yeah, I, I did a certificate at the U of A um, because I didn't know I could do school. I didn't think I was smart enough. So I did that in class part time. And then I transferred to Athabasca University. And when I started school, my kids were two and four. So if you can imagine working full time, kids two and four, studying university, mm-hmm. you think you have it hard, just try. <laughs> so one course at a time is what I was able to manage. And it took me 10 years. And I remember my final course, I was sitting on a beach in Crimson Lake, watching my kids play and had a textbook on my lap. So you can do it. Anybody can. I mean, I was on vacation and highlighting a textbook, watching my kids play in the water, but you know, 10 years is what took me to finish school. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that and normalizing that. I think sometimes people feel this sense of pressure to like, you know, keep up with these schedules that aren't manageable for their lives, but yeah, like do it in a way that works for you. If you, Mm -hmm. if one class at a time is what feels good for you, or you can still maintain balance in your life and meet all your needs, one class at a time is totally acceptable. Mm -hmm. So you have mentioned quite a few times this idea of mentorship. You've Mm -hmm. been talking about your mentor. Can you tell us a little bit about the value of mentorship? I would say it's not something that you just go find. It finds you. And usually by accident, you have to be open and receptive to it. Um, My mentors, um, I applied on a job. I got the job. Um, They just happened to click with me. So between the two of them, um, I'm going to say two because there probably are more, but the two major ones that, I still keep in touch with, Um, they offered me advice, career advice. They taught me so much that I didn't know. Um, Like I mentioned, how to write, um, how to interact with people. Um, My mentor um, decided I was going to school 
Um, and I was told I was going to school, which was, I, we were to the point in that relationship where I listened to him. Um, and I went to them for advice. Um, and I'll be honest, I still go to them for advice. They're both retired. Um, I meet with them regularly. Um, they check up on me, they check up on our families. Um, and it's just the, that comfort place to go to with I'm having this work problem or this home problem. What's your advice? And with their level of experience, and I'm going to say education because they're both extremely well educated, um, I take their advice. And, and that help, I'm going to say, would come in, it comes in so many forms. You just need to be open to that help and advice and not be afraid to ask if there's someone that maybe you admire or um, respect, say a professor, a professor and instructor, we use it as an example that you know a little of their journey, you know their teachings. Um, there's sometimes those people that just the way they talk, you can tell that you want to get involved with. There's nothing wrong with reaching out and saying, hey, can we have a coffee? You know, I'd like to bounce some ideas off you. I'm interested. I'm just looking for advice. I have not met anyone yet that refuses coffee or, you know, is not interested in sharing, especially with um, less experienced workers um, or students, or there's no one out there that's going to say no. Awesome. I have a two-part question for you. Okay. Where can our listeners begin their job search and how can they improve their chances of being the successful candidate? Okay, so job searching has changed. Um, There are a lot of companies that really want you to apply online. But what that does is it does limit your ability to make a first impression. Um, Searching for jobs, you can... Online for sure, but online meaning job companies. Maybe you target a company that you want to work for um, and you check their job work. Um, Sometimes those larger companies do advertise with with, um, secondary, post-secondary institutions. And they, particularly things like engineering, um, going through their website, through their associations, um, associ- different associations post jobs as well on behalf of their members. So if you're an engineer, check a pega. If you're an accountant, check that association. Landscape Architect has their own association. So all of those are options as well as through your university um, or other post-secondary um, places. There are physical job boards still. Um, if you go to the grocery store, there's still a post-it board that people post jobs on. On your second part of your question, um, making a good first impression, write your resume, follow a standard template, um, pay attention to what you put on there. Um, having a weird email address does not help. So mm-hmm. likes caps at yahoo.com, please don't. <laughs> You know, first name, last name, Gmail um, is probably your best bet. Make sure you have all your contact information and that's up to date. They need to get a hold of you. Put your jobs in descending order. So most current job first and then downwards and make sure you write what you can do. I worked at XYZ company. 
I did cash handling. I did customer service. I did stock delivery. I did, you know, accounting. Make sure you write out those tasks. So all too often folks will write a list of their jobs, but that doesn't tell your employer anything. It does not tell you, uh, uh, someone looking for an employee, what can that person do? Oh, I see this is a similar job title or company or product, but I don't know what you did there. Um, so they want to know what exactly can you do? Make sure you highlight your skills. Um, make sure your resume is neat and tidy, but not too long. I know that sounds strange, but if you consider a job, say company ABC has two positions, they've received 600 applicants. For two positions. So think about that now. They don't want to read 600 eight-page resumes. They want a nicely written cover letter that explains what you can do and why you are qualified for the job. And then maybe two pages of your relevant skills, the experience you bring, your education, your work experience. That's it. One thing I will mention is do not write, I have good attention to detail. And then you've got different formats and fonts throughout your resume. Not it's not funny because it happens and resumes go to the no pile because you just lied. <laughs> you didn't even read your own resume. If you say you've got good attention to detail and all your bullets are out of alignment or you've got different fonts throughout, you actually don't have attention to detail. So Folks reading the resumes actually take these things into account is, wow, that's full of spelling mistakes. No, well, that's a no pile. Or this is well formatted, well written. Everything's bulleted with action words. Everything's in the same font. It's nicely laid out. I don't have to hunt and find to find what this person's doing. That's a yes pile. So it's, it's the little things that'll get your foot in the door. Um, once you get your foot in the door, you've got that interview, that job is yours to lose. And I say yours to lose in that you try your best, but remember you don't know who you're up against. Mm -hmm. When you're interviewing, you don't know what they're looking for. You don't know if they have a set criteria on the other side of that table. You have no idea who the other candidate is, candidate or candidates are. Maybe they've done the exact same job and can slide right in with no training. So it's not necessarily you that messed up this interview. You have no idea what's going through the minds of the people interviewing you. You have no idea who your competition is and what they can do that's different than what you have. So the best you can do is sell yourself, be confident, have that well-written resume, and Put yourself out there and keep trying would be what I would, my best advice would be. Mm -hmm. Amazing. There's so much good stuff in all that you just said. I just really want to encourage our listeners to read uh, your books. It's The Hunt 
and Survival Guide for the Working World by Jennifer Florax. Um, so much good stuff, even in what you just said. So if the listeners, if you want to have a deeper dive into some of this content, I really encourage you to read those books. Uh, also, as a reminder, we do have a job board through the Career Center that NorQuest students can access online. And if you feel like you'd like some assistance with some of the things that Jennifer was talking about, such as building a resume or preparing for an interview, you can connect with our career coaches through the Career Center as well. Jennifer, do you have any final words of advice or inspirational quotes for our listeners? Uh, I, I would go back to what I, I said previously is that, that you're in charge of, of your own destiny. Don't worry about having it all the answers today. You don't need to figure everything out um, by an arbitrary date or age or a milestone in life. Um, like it's a journey. Um, your career journey is going to change. Um, what you want today might not be what you want tomorrow. Um, but I would say continue to ask for advice, ask for help. There's always someone willing to have a conversation about a career path and it's never too late. Um, and if you think you can't find someone who believes in you to tell you that you can there will always be someone that's in your corner um, to cheer you on. That is beautiful advice. Can you tell us where the listeners can access your books, maybe online platforms or where they can buy your books? I have um, a website, um, jenniferflorax.com. Um, and you can also find them on Amazon. And then just Google my name um, and, and then it comes up. So Florax is, is my husband's name, but just spell it out as best you can and, and it'll come up. So the book titles are um, The Hunt um, with the subtitle, The Job of Finding Employment. And then the first one is Survival Guide for the Working World and a subtitle of What School Doesn't Teach You. So um you know, feel free to, to Google my name and my website will come up as number two or three on the list. So thank you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. Your insight is invaluable to our listeners and yeah, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Um, I would love to do something like this again, and I would love to hear from any listeners you can reach me through that um my website um i do have a contact page so love to hear from people um and get their insights as well i love stories so share me your story happy to hear it and we will put your website in the show notes so that our listeners can easily access that thank you okay thanks jennifer bye thank you bye thanks for listening to the career quest podcast you can connect with the Career Center by emailing us at careercenter at norquest.ca or by visiting our webpage, norquest.ca slash careercenter.